Trade season has already arrived, but the question will be, as the Marlins look to upgrade this roster in search of a postseason berth, how many trades will they execute before the trade deadline on the 1st of August? Tons to get into. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England, and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on X <laughs> at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Of course, if you listen to the pod, hit subscribe. This is your team every day, and thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. It's an off day, yes, sir. Off day episode for you guys. There is a YouTube channel also. Head on over to there. Hit subscribe also if you are watching. Not only do you see my face, but you see a guest's face and more, perhaps. Loud Marlins fan back in the house. How are we doing, brother? We back two weeks in a row. Pete, let's go. Thursdays, let's go. Let's go. Exactly, mate. And the Marlins have said, let's go. They, they, Sandy Alcantara, complete game. The Marlins get the dub in Tampa. And then just to sprinkle a little bit of something on top, they drop a trade. We're all talking about what are the Marlins going to do, et cetera, et cetera. They go for, I mean, let's just get straight into it, mate. Dylan Floro, who it's fair to say has had a rough couple of weeks, I would say. The Marlins, for me, it was pretty clear they were like, uh, they moved away in that trust factor with Dylan Floro. Like they were not using him as they had previously. Um, they've decided to move him, coming back, and, and they go back to the well with the Twins, you know, the biggest win-win trade potentially in the history of trading, and they've gone back to the well. Some have said it's the biggest lose-lose trade potentially. But Dylan Floro going, Jorge Lopez coming back, a righty reliever for righty reliever. Um, let's just start with the timing of it. Uh, you know, the Marlins getting some business done early and more generally in the market as well, mate, what I'd say is this Shohei Otani right he is staying, and actually the Angels are now buyers. It feels like that has really fueled the general fire. I don't know if that really impacted the Marlins. Maybe just coincidental they dropped this trade. But overall, the timing of this deal, a couple of days in advance of the deadline, and the Marlins move a major league reliever for a major league reliever. Take on that one. Dylan's not had as a productive season as the Marlins would have liked him to have. If mm. you go back to last year, uh, coming off the injury, he only pitched for a couple months last year, so they gave him the opportunity to really uh, cement his role with this team. Once before an A.J. Puck was brought here, he was in the talks of even being the closer. Really, the struggles go back to the Atlanta series, uh, the four games set earlier this year that we played in Atlanta, where he gave up that big lead. Um, I think it was the eighth. I think it was even the ninth inning, eighth or ninth inning. And that was his first blown game of the year. Uh, since then, he's been great or he's been bad. There's really no medium. There's no, okay, you know, he gets out of it. He's either really good, quick inning, or he starts giving up hits. And then, you know, you end up with an L. 
I think it's a bold move to really trade Dylan Floro for Dylan Floro with a worse uh, ERA, if you look at it like that. But uh, Jorge, George, however you want to pronounce uh, Lopez coming back or coming to a different team, if he can perform like he did on, let's say, a team, I don't know, Baltimore Orioles, like he did with them, we're good and golden. You know, it's the little moves that matter in this case. Yeah, absolutely. And I, 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 for for Dylan Floro, let's just remember. I would say, like Floro's been super solid for the Marlins in general. Not a high velo guy, more of a ground baller dude. He was basically after they had success with Brandon Kinsler, and then they couldn't get a deal done to keep Kinsler, or they didn't even want to. I don't know. They kind of went and traded for kind of Brandon Kinsler again in some ways. But actually, Floro was super effective um, in his Marlins career. Most recently, it feels like it's tailed off. I spoke with Sean Barrett uh, earlier in the week as well. We were speaking about Dylan Floro and the fact that it feels like a lot of people pointing to he's been really unlucky this year. You know, you look at his uh, ex-FIP this year, it's 307. Um, So... It, it is it's fair to say the numbers are saying he's been unlucky. When you then look at uh, and well, and, and the, the question then is is why have the Marlins traded Dylan Flora? We're struggling for righties anyway. That's been one of the, the topics of this bullpen. With the bullpen's gassed in general. Righties were struggling for. Why have the Marlins moved Dylan Floro, a righty arm, for another righty arm? I think it comes down to the fact that there's some extra control. There's an extra one year of control on Lopez. I think that's Probably the driving factor here. Um, but Floro as a Marlin has been effective. He's had a bit of a wobble recently. The Marlins maybe see some upside here with Lopez. What do you think? That extra year matters. Yeah, uh, again, absolutely. You, if you held on to Floro, you lose him for nothing. At least you gain an extra year of another pitcher. And then maybe this offseason or even the trade deadline next year, maybe we move him. And get something back. So this could be a domino effect of uh, getting something done in the future. But for the rest of this year, uh, you hope, again, he he gets us to the playoffs. He doesn't, uh, I'm looking over his career, he doesn't have the uh, playoffs. Uh, he's never been to a playoffs, I should say, um, mm-hmm. but, or the postseason um, at all. But, uh, you know, if he can go back to having an ERA of, like he did in 2022 of 1.68 uh, with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, he didn't do so well since he was traded to Minnesota. Mm. Uh, but if you go back a couple years, uh, yeah, I guess 2022 ha- had been his best, his all-star year. So yep. see what you get. You put any pitcher with our, our pitching coach, of course, and uh, you're going to have success. So I'm not really worried about his ERA going up. I think they're going to start figuring out how to get him to throw a breaking ball. I think you've hit on it, mate. I think, you know, clearly there was a breakout season from this dude with Baltimore. All-star, and it's not easy to be an all-star as a reliever. All-star appearance for him. And since he's been traded to Minnesota, things have just gone a bit wonky. Uh, But overall, like the outlier actually is the 2022 period in Baltimore, when you look at his general career versus Dylan Floro, for example, like Floro has been 
much more consistent over and over. So the Marlins, I think, are taking a bit of a gamble on this one, to be honest with you. They are hoping, and to your point, that the Mel Stoudemire and the you know the, the the pitching guys can sprinkle the stardust on, sprinkle the magic on, and basically end up with a power righty, um, which they just don't have at this point, or they they haven't had in in Dylan Floro anyway. So I can understand the thinking. Just more generally, do you think the Marlins go and add another arm into the pen? More generally, probably a righty as well. They've just got so many lefties. As we kind of look ahead to what's going to happen the next few days, do they need another arm for this pen? The teams that go out and build their bullpen up before they are for a playoff run, they're the ones who win it in the playoffs. So they're Mm -hmm. definitely going to have to be making more moves, not just looking for another bat, if they're looking for another bat. But pitching is very important, either starting or relief. And maybe they're going after a closer. I hear that again whispers hearing that they're trying to get a closer it's not going to be hater but they're going after a prominent uh, closer somewhere well i guess you know the i can i can understand that and i could understand it be you know particularly if it's a you know a, a righty guy you know they, i think they still like puck um again i think puck you always had some home run troubles and a bit of bad luck too but i think puck will be fine uh, I think it's not. It would be nice to have a righty option that you would trust in the eighth or a ninth inning too. And so, we'll wait to see. There's so many clubs that seem to be adding. I think this is kind of the byproduct of this third wildcard spot, um, and also the byproduct, particularly in the NL right now, where it feels like some teams are slightly overperforming, and and the Marlins are included in that. As are the Diamondbacks. Some teams are underperforming, and you include the Padres, the Mets, maybe the Cubs in that. All of a sudden, you've got eight clubs vying for three wildcard spots, potentially, maybe even more. And so that's kind of the intriguing thing. And what we're seeing right now, based on yesterday's activity, we'll talk about it after the break in more detail, but, you know, the angels out there are buying and the prices look high. Like the price tags associated with some of these rental deals look really high. And I do think that is a really interesting factor here for the Marlins, for Kim, like, it feels like they are shopping in the rental market, but that even that market looks extreme in terms of price tag, which does make you ponder, make you sit back and think, hold on a minute. Do we maybe sit tight? So um, we'll wait to see. Let's talk about our good friends over at Ibotta. We'll talk about those guys first. Then, then we'll get into the hot stove because I think it's really starting to heat up now. But Uh, Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta Ibotta user earns 120 bucks per year. Maybe that pays for a Marlins jersey. Maybe that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip or that. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving, or that bottle of wine, or that case of wine. Who knows? Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Every option there. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, 
Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners five bucks just for trying Ibotta by using the code MLB when you register. That is free money. All you have to do is register with Ibotta, use the promo code MLB, Major League Baseball, MLB, to register, and you get five bucks just for trying it. So all you got to do is go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free iBotter app and use the code MLB. That's iBotter as in I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use the code MLB. <sighs> free money. Free money here, Chase. iBotter giving away free money. The question I've got is, is Bruce Sherman going to be spending here at this deadline? That's what I'm thinking. But let's just kind of take a step back here. The Angels putting out there that Shohei Otani no longer on the trade block. And I think in some ways it's the right call. The Angels have kind of got back into it a touch now. And so they should absolutely be keeping Shohei Otani. He's just pitched a complete game, I think. Um, He's also just hit a home run. Um, You know, he's an absolute stud. But the Angels signaling they are not selling Otani and they are actually buying and they bought last night. Feels to me like there's a ripple effect in the market, though, mate, where a flurry of deals have followed now. And that, for me, really opens things up, I would say, in the next couple of days. Now we know that for sure. I think it's not going to be as close to the deadline for some of the business. And actually, it'll start to happen just in the next couple of days. Get your deals done. It's it's funny how everything's happened over the last couple of days, even before Otani. And I'm just looking over the trades so far uh, on MLB.com. Uh, you know, last week under the radar, the, the Blue Jays acquired a left-handed pitcher, Genesis Cabrera. Braves, they, they I mean, as I said, you build your bullpen to win. And, and, and yeah. that's that. The Braves acquired uh, Taylor Hearn from the Rangers. That was quiet. The guy's uh, has an ERA of 511. Um, you, then the Braves, uh, Pierce Johnson, who I believe yep. gave up the winning hit to uh, – uh, arise on Sunday. He was he was awarded or rewarded <laughs> with yeah. a trip to the playoffs with the Braves. The Braves like what they saw there, right? <laughs> you know, Arias walked them off, and they went, "Hey, we need that guy because, well, that'll be happening in the postseason." <laughs> and then you have the Dodgers, who have basically said we're giving up on Miguel Rojas's zero home runs and uh, two twenty two a batting average. They've acquired two infielders. Yeah. The White Sox have reached, and the Giants, that they uh, made a deal for some pitching, uh, bullpen pitching. So really, these pieces that are falling up until what, late last night have really been bullpen guys. And then CNN even announced, not just the, the sports outlets, but CNN announces that uh, Shohei Otani is not going anywhere. Someone broke it, and mm. an hour later, Cubs beat the White Sox, and White Sox ship. Uh, I, I have an issue pronouncing his name. If you you'll do it for me, G- Giolito is it? G- uh, yeah, Lucas Giolito. Giolito. You know, I'm happy. Let's start here. I'm happy for the Angels fans. Yeah, their owner is probably making the biggest doofus move, but I understand it. How do you trade? the best player in baseball, but they are four and a half out of the wild card. It, it can't all be the Otani show. He's great. 
He threw a one-hitter today and hit a home run. Like, how does that happen? I know. Best player in baseball. Imagine the haul that they could have got. Instead, they give away their number two and number three prospect for Gialeo. So what does this mean for the market moving forward? Mm -hmm. Today, you know, the Pirates, I I believe it was an off-season move where they they signed uh, the first baseman who was traded today to Milwaukee. Milwaukee's acquiring Carlos Santana. I think that yeah. was an off-season. Marlins were, were Marlins fans. We're talking about Santana coming here, you know, always talking. Um, <laughs> and, then, and even the the there was another trade last night where the Dodgers or two nights ago, it all runs in it's last night. The Dodgers yeah. acquired their shortstop in Ahmad Rosario from the Guardians for Noah Syndergaard. I didn't know Noah was having such a bad year. I don't follow really anything out West. The games are on too late. <laughs> I say that to you as you watch into two in the morning out here. I was eating. about to say to you, mate, I mean, West coast is an, is an absolute no fly zone for me. No, <laughs> no doubt. But the, the moves that are being made and I'm looking at the prices for these guys, you know, it's yeah. not cheap. Uh, no. Brewers get Carlos Santana, but the pirates get this 18 year old prospect shortstop from them. Yeah. You go and you look at the Marlins and you'll probably, you're going to ask me this. You look at the Marlins and you go, they got jazz coming back. They have some form of obviously Garcia who threw a guy out at second yesterday from the outfield mm-hmm. assist. Yeah. And I think he had a home run yesterday. He did. So if you can get that production, we'll still get the strikeouts. But I said this to you at the beginning of the year with him and about him and Jorge Soler. You take the strikeouts for a home run every five at-bats or something. We had that discussion in the preseason. He's here to hit bombs. He's not here to hit singles. And we definitely don't need him hitting into his double plays. So you look at what's coming in, and then you look at what's available – and you go, okay, Tim Anderson. Yeah, the Marlins are going after Tim Anderson. But then you actually look at it and you go, huh, he's been okay, but he's not been great. No. The one guy, Pete, that I think is the perfect fit. Give it, it to me. It won't happen, but it's the perfect fit, is he song Kim with the Padres. Oh, boy. It's, it, I, I was trying to see if they were even talks about him being traded. And there was a couple articles saying it would be a good move. For them being where they are, I mean, he, he's getting paid seven point five million. He, he's or seven million, somewhere in that range. It's very low. He's under contract until two thousand twenty-five. So if you're the or through two thousand twenty-five. So if you're the Marlins, you go. That's in our price range. Look what we're paying Segura right now. Look what we're paying uh, Wendell for the one season, who's going to be a free agent. But that move's not being done. But that's the type of move that you go. You know what? That's a smart baseball move. This guy, you know, you may have to overpay. You give him the Jake Eater. You, you give him a Jacob Barry. You give him a third guy. You go, this is the type of move that a winning franchise does. That That's a Braves move. You make a move for a guy who's under contract with control that's really darn good right now. And mm-hmm. he helps to get to the playoffs. What's your thoughts there? Definitely a buzzy name, isn't he? Like, and actually, when you actually go and look at what he's done this year, um, you know he's got like a he's having a five war year already, like he's on pace for I don't know seven war or something. So looks impressive to your point. Like there's multiple years of control at, at what seven million a year? Is that what he's earning? Let's have a look here. Yes, yeah, seven mil. 
7 million for next year and then a mutual option uh, for the year after again at 7 million. So right. those mutual options uh, tend not to be picked up. So, you know, 7 million for next year plus whatever he's owed this year. He's been a stud this year. The Marlins have a need there. Like he fits the profile. When I look back to when the Marlins were last in the hunt, they were last in the hunt in 2020. And they went out and they made, made the biggest splash of the deadline, apart from anything that who was doing business that day. Maybe it was the Padres, actually. The Padres made the biggest splash. They went and got, I think, I don't know, Chris Paddock, or they they did a load of business on whatever that day. Clevenger, that's who they got. Um but the biggest non-Padres deal was the Marlins going and getting Starling Marte, who had that extra year of control as well. So listen, the Marlins are going to pay up. Kim absolutely fits the profile, where there's at least one more year of control rather than just you give a ton for a pure rental. So the other Tim Anderson fits the brief too. Like Tim Anderson also has that year of control. I know Tim Anderson is not having a great year this year. So I, I completely understand why people are pessimistic around that. But history tells us Tim Anderson's been an above-average player. He's got an extra year of control. If the Marlins like it, then go for it. Why not? Um, if the price would Kim be right. a better option? Probably. Right. If the price is right, you go for it, but you don't want to overpay. Kim's the guy you maybe be able to overpay for because he's performing yeah. right now. And yeah. that's a guy that they can afford to lose the Padres because they have other players ready to come up in their organization at shortstop. Now, yeah. a name you, you and I discussed pr prior to coming on real quick was Glaber Torres. With yeah. the Yankees. He's not in the majors yet, right? Is he still in the minors or is he, or is he up? I, I'm, I'm not familiar too much, too much with Who's him. Who's this Glaber? Uh, 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 Torres. Oh no, he's up. He's up. He's um he's let's see what he's doing this year. He's got an OPS of 111, um, 1 1.8 war. He's got a, a year of control, I think, into next year as well. Like Glaber's he's hit he's hit 16 home runs thus far. You know, plays second base, middle infield. Like Glaber Torres, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. The Marlins. We're interested in him last time around when they had the Pablo Lopez talks going on. It didn't happen. I don't know where the Yankees are at generally. Like, it feels like the Yankees have... They need to shuffle the deck, it feels. Like, they've got Aaron Judge, and they've got an expensive standard, and they've got Garrett Cole. But it feels like the Yankees kind of need a bit of a, a shuffle line. I do think there's a deal to be made here um, if the Marlins want to go and acquire another second baseman. I mean... How many second basemen can one team have? I mean, they started the year with six of them. Now we've got Hampson on the roster too, and then you add Glaber. The Marlins have got eight eight second basemen, which <laughs> would be wild. But one you know. spot you don't need. It's it's in, or you need maybe you, you don't know with these prospects. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of the, the funny thing is is there's been a lot of names fired up. This is it, right? Shohei Otani news drops. He's no longer, you know, he's no longer on the block. Then all of a sudden, deals start happening. The Marlins clearly were targeting pitching, pitching, pitching. All we've now heard in the last day or so is, well, the Marlins connected to Tim Anderson. The Marlins looking at Cody Bellinger. The Marlins looking at Gleyber Torres. We haven't heard anything about any pitchers, but all we've heard is a load of sticks. So 
I've got no problem with the Marlins going and getting another stick. They probably need one. I've been heavily, by the way, today, like for those that follow me on Twitter or X or whatever the bloody hell it's called now, um, I, I've i been pondering on this Avicel Garcia situation and thinking about if the Marlins are truly out on him and the view is you, you swap a bad contract for a bad contract, like who is that bad contract going to be? And I, I've been drawn today into Starling Marte as that contract because... You know, and everyone's going, Pete, we don't want Starling Marte. I'm like, I get that, guys. But we don't want Avacel Garcia. You're going to have to give up a, a turd for another turd. And for me, I'd be happy with a Starling Marte instead of, you know, if, if the choice is Starling Marte or Avacel Garcia, Chase, where are you going? Uh, I'm going Starling Marte just because he has that relationship with a lot of guys already from two years ago. Exactly. To get along with them. You know, it wasn't him and Jazz fighting in the locker room. That was uh, Monty Harris. It was Monty. <laughs> and he has that relationship. You bring him in, he fits right in. And you know what? They can learn from him. He has the playoff experience, I believe, at this point. I mean, at least 2020 until he got injured in the Cubs series. Yeah, Mets last year. Yep, Mets last year. And you know what? Maybe the pressure got to him in, in New York. We were talking about his age. But imagine that. You get Starling Marte back. You have Jesus Lazardo at on, on your roster. And you go, eh, trade never happened. And you got rid of Avisalio Garcia. I, I, I like Marte. He's not playing. He's on the IL for a mystery reason. Yeah. So let's, let's bring him back to South Florida. And let's go get us a, a wild card. Be nice. I mean, I, and I get, I get, I get why people are a bit nervous about the Starling Mate situation. What I'm saying is, Can't it's in exchange for Avicel Garcia, and maybe like because the Marlins take on a bit more money there, and it may just be like some sort of minor, you know, player to be named later. I don't know, some sort of deal, but that yeah, it could save the Mets. I think maybe like upwards of ten million over over the period, maybe slightly more. So. Do the Mets are the, are the Mets bothered about ten million? Probably not. Um, but to your point, Marte liked it in Miami. He said he liked it in Miami. As soon as that deal happened, I was thinking, I just can't see Marte enjoying New York. Like I just, I don't, don't think at this stage of Marte's life, his family situation, everything, that New York is the right landing spot for him. And so, I think he'd be willing to come back. Yeah, the coin. I mean, it was the, it was a great oh, offer, a great offer the Mets made. He um, wanted the fourth year. They gave him the fourth year, and they gave him three more million than any other team like the Marlins were offering. How, yeah. how can you turn that down if, if you're a businessman? You know Exactly. Exactly. He's got to do the best for his family. I, I completely get it. And so it may end up working out. It may end up not. But when I kind of think about, as Craig is talking about contract swaps, bad contract for bad contract, like legitimately what contracts are out there that you're willing to exchange or other clubs will exchange for Avi Garcia that you think you've got a chance of seeing any value out of. And I would put Marte pretty high on that list because for me, Marte, A, he likes the area. We know Marte. And I look at the guy's body and I know he works damn hard. The work ethic is there. The mentality's right. For me, I'm all over that one. All over it. 
the only other contract swap that I was looking into just for fun. Yeah. The Marlins need another starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Let's say they went after Patrick Corbin with the Nationals, who was overpaid. But, you know, we need an arm. He's an arm. He has some length that he goes every game. And you give up Bobby Sayil Garcia. Uh, and Nats take him on. Patrick Corbin is $35 million due next season. Okay. But then he's done. So... That's that would be a swap I could eat and be happy about too, because I, I again you put any pitcher with Mel Stoudemire, and you can go from a Patrick Corbin to a Greg Maddox overnight. That's a little bit too much, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I do think that's an interesting one. Like, yeah, he's owed thirty five million. Um, I'd like to see what Patrick Corbin is doing, like pitching wise. Like, what's he actually doing this year? Like, is there and that's the point, right? Is is there any value um, that you can extract out of Patrick Corbin, like on the field at this point? Because last year he was absolutely putrid. I remember being so bad. But I feel like he's had a bit of a bounce back. Is is he's that five, right? Let me just check. I mean, he's got a five ERA. Um, yeah, he's, he's five and eleven. Uh, sorry, he's, six he's and thrown eleven. One hundred twenty innings, though. Right. So. He goes. You know, in. Sandy's leading it by what, like you know, one hundred thirty-five, one hundred forty, like. Corbett, like, we need innings and okay innings and five ERA innings. And, and and you know what he has? He has a World Series ring and playoff experience, so you know he can go deep if needed. There you go. Speaking about uh, pitchers, well, final two topics, then we'll get out of here because we're running long, but there's tons happening here. Yuri Perez made his uh, comeback, so to speak, yesterday uh, for, you know, in, in AA Pensacola. He only went two and a third, if I recall correctly. So me and Sean spoke about this earlier in the week too. Like the Marlins basically sent him down and shut him down. And now he's building his way back up. So it was encouraging that we saw that outing this side of, you know, the deadline. You start to then think, okay, timeline-wise, when can he be built up by to make a return? You're probably thinking what? Mid-August, maybe? Back end of August for Yuri Perez to, to make his return? You can't bring him back or in the heart of your hardest month com- coming in the season. And I say that you don't want him pitching in Texas, then Cincinnati. Then you got the Yanks in Houston at home. I don't know if I'm bringing him back then. Then you're in Dodgers in San Diego. I would target if we're still depends where we are, right? If we're yep. still in it, maybe they bring them back earlier. But and I, or even not in it, I should say. If we need that help, you bring them back a little early. But I'm targeting August 25th, the Nationals series, where you have Nationals Tampa, Nationals, and then LA at home. So Nationals at home, Tampa at home, at Washington, then you get LA. But then you're you need him for September and you need him in the postseason. So that's the time you bring him back. Great yeah. show. That's the time. After after you get the big bats out of the way, you're not gonna bring him back on the road. You start him back up at home and you make it easy on him. And those are winnable games that we will need after the first three weeks in August. 
Yeah, no doubt. Great shout, actually. I love that, like, that landing spot there for him against the Nats. And I feel like the Marlins did that as well the first time around. They they found, like, a soft landing. Like, obviously, they had a real soft schedule for a period, which they capitalized on. But they found a nice landing spot there for Rui Perez, giving him the best opportunity to succeed at this level. And he did. And he thrived, which is great to see. One final one, mate, then we'll get out of here. Uh, the Tigers in town uh, this weekend, mate. Three-game series. And that means an emotive and emotional return, I would say. The farewell tour for Miguel Cabrera. Um, are you going to the game? Which games are you going to? You must be going to at least one, if not two, of these games, I'd say. Uh, I'm, I'm going to Saturday night, it's 4 o'clock game. The Venezuela okay. night, um, just works out in my season ticket plan. I may go to Sunday. Depends on how the week, if they need me, of course. You know, Um no. uh, I do want to say this to fans that were not here in were too young, the Ryans of the world. Mm. We didn't get to experience the young Miguel Cabrera, who was not in his prime, but just this breath of youth that you would you saw had the potential to be as great as he once was. To understand what that meant to me and at 17 years old to win the world series and to stay for a couple years after, as he started to gain weight, gain muscle and become the Miguel Cabrera, who he was in his prime eventually with the tigers. He meant so much to us and he's our guy. I don't care what hat he's going to be wearing in the hall of fame. He has a ring with the Florida Marlins or the Marlins organization and he's coming back home for the final time. So I'm asking the fans my age, the ones who may have given up on this team at some point and said, ah, they're, I'm not going unless they're winning. I'm mm-hmm. asking you to show up at the stadium this weekend to give a guy the respect he deserves for what he accomplished. And as our guy, even in Detroit, he's a, our guy. And for what he accomplished, whether it be the triple crown or all the home runs, or just being Miguel Cabrera. It's our guy, and we'll always remember him for it. I'll be out there. The fans should be out there. And he. it just means so much that we get to say goodbye in our stadium, and this yeah. series was not in Detroit this year. Absolutely. Worked out perfectly, I'd say. And so I think it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, the Marlins need to win the games. Like We can't, like, we can't look past that, but right. in and around that, they will do it right. And there'll be some emotional scenes, I'm sure, but it will be done right. And to your point as well, Chase, like the the way the schedule worked from a Marlins perspective anyway, perfect for this one. So yeah, that should be a lot of fun this weekend. I hope you have a great time on the Saturday game, if not uh, the Sunday as well, if you make it. Guys, it's going to wrap us up for today's episode of Lockdown Marlins. Uh, Thanks for making Lockdown Marlins. Of course, your first listen of the day. On and off day, uh, the Marlins will start their weekend series tomorrow against the Tigers. However, the hot stove has already heated up and the Marlins have already dropped their first trade in and around this deadline area. There's tons of targets, tons of sticks the Marlins are being connected with. Haven't heard a ton on the pitching side, but that is their premier need. What I would say generally, and I said it yesterday, expect the unexpected with Kim Ang. She always finds a way to surprise us and she always finds a win away to win trades. And I expect nothing other than fat dubs from the trades they make. 
thanks again to Chase, the Loud Marlins fan. Follow him, of course, on X or Twitter or whatever it's known as at Loud Marlins fan, of <laughs> course. Uh, and I will see you guys tomorrow on Friday because this is a daily uh, daily podcast, guys. We'll see you then.